the data don't lie. But I'm going to cut. That was so cheesy. I'm going to cut that out. But like... <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Mastering Retail, a masterclass in e-commerce covering both retail and media brought to you by Essential Digital Commerce. Today, we're covering something big, and that is AMC, or the Amazon Marketing Cloud. For this episode, I'm bringing in a wonderful guest, a true subject matter expert on the topic, and someone who's really helped me along my journey at Flywheel Digital of trying to understand media. By the end of this, AMC will be demystified for you if it seems a bit out of reach or out of your wheelhouse, and you'll learn a lot about raised garden beds too. My name is Emma Irwin, and I'm a senior editor and specialist at Essential. Let's meet our guest. Name's Andrew Fox, and my title is Head of Campaign Tech and Innovation. And I'll have Andrew tell you a bit more about how he came to really know anything about AMC. If I think about like kind of my journey here at Flywheel, it really started out in media and sponsored ads, or formerly called AMS, and really just tried to understand everything I could about it. And so I end up probably to a detriment spending a little bit too much time on some things. But ultimately, I actually had to start setting a timer to make sure I didn't go down a rabbit hole too long. <laughs> but ultimately, just really tried to understand everything as fully as I could. And sometimes that means just spending hours staring at URL or staring at even the HTML code on the back end and just really trying to understand what's happening. And AMC, I think, is kind of a natural extension of that, where there's just so much going on on the back end and just trying to figure out what does it all mean when you put it together. And before we really get going, our recurring questions. All right, I'm going to curveball. And because AMC is an Amazon thing, what is the last thing you purchased on Amazon? Ooh, um, last purchase actually was a pillow. It was this week. I uh, woke up with some neck pain the other day. And so I same day to pillow. So <laughs> honestly, it's been helpful so far. So great purchase. All right, next one. So I'm going to plant this in your head. Now, we'll come back to it at the end to close out the episode. But something that's been on a digital wish list of yours, which just means you want it, it sits in a cart, and you won't actually purchase it. And mm. we'll get into kind of why. But we'll come back to it. Sound good? Sure. So before we really dig in, I'm going to give you Amazon's own definition of AMC. Ready? Amazon Marketing Cloud is a secure, privacy-safe, and cloud-based cleanroom solution in which advertisers can easily perform analytics across pseudonymized signals, including Amazon ad signals, as well as their own inputs. You all totally know what that means, right? I sure do. Huh. But for anyone out there who needs some more information, Andrew's got you covered. We'll cover everything in there. Let's start with a cleanroom. Yeah, so a cleanroom really is just a place for an ad hoster for, for lack of a better word, to aggregate a ton of data or different information into one spot. Typically, it comes with a ton of rules or at least guidelines of what you can do within it. But really, it's just as long as you play within the rules, you can look at whatever you want. This analogy that I've been using in the past is essentially if you think of a like a scientist's lab overhead thing where you put your hands through the gloves and then you can manipulate the stuff inside this controlled environment, then you can do that. That's exactly what AMC is. And the only way to get the results is if it meets our, all these guardrails. So every clean room will have their own guardrails that they have to follow. But typically it's around privacy or something sensitive like that. I know it's data, but is there a better way to describe it than like what is actually in the clean room? Yeah, data is kind of a weird, has a lot of context or at least kind of meaning behind it, especially depending on who you talk to. 
I think a lot of folks like to think of it just as a signal. And so if you think of a signal coming in, you can look at that or interpret it inside this box. And then the signal that goes out is the export, but that export has been filtered or has a bunch of layers applied to it uh, before you can actually get it out. So most of uh, most clean rooms as a whole are just an aggregation source of a ton of different inputs. With that, let's talk about what the goal of this clean room solution, citing back to Amazon's definition, is. Yeah, uh, ultimately, I think Amazon's goal with AMC is similar to to what they do with it everything else, honestly, is they try and open it up to either the advertiser, agency, partner, whomever, um, but open it up to the brands to some degree and let the brands make the decisions themselves instead of, you know, an Amazon person bringing those insights to you. Obviously, Amazon still has, you know, reps that they work with and will, will do and bring insights. But this is just another tool that allows brands or anyone really to pull out interesting insights on their own, especially based on their own either goals at the, at the time or different priorities. And what are these insights? Like, I know they have to do with ads, but please elaborate more. Totally. Yeah. So for the most part, AMC, or at least what's included in AMC is media touch points or media data. So if you're running ads on site or even ads off of site through the DSP or something like that, that's what you can access in AMC without any real prerequisite. There are premium data sets that they're working on, and those premium data sets have a fee. Um, typically, you know, a monthly fee is, is, I think, the model that they're working for at the moment. But really, the premium data sets pull in non-ad stuff. So think about it like vendor central data or even outside partners. They're working with the, the one that they're kind of beta testing right now is with Experian. So looking at Experian data and bringing in those. So from our standpoint, from an AMC standpoint, and what most folks can get access to instantly is media touch points on or off Amazon. And confirming, because at a prior point in my life, I wouldn't have known that the touch points are the different ads that you could see as a consumer. But confirming that by touch points, you mean all different types of ad formats. Yeah. For the most part, it's pretty standardized, right? Classic display ads or DSP. Amazon's DSP, at least, they're integrating more and more touch points or more ads that you can get info on. The biggest one there is like streaming TV or even Thursday Night Football, which Amazon now manages or owns, I guess, or has the rights to. So when if you're running a big campaign on Thursday Night Football, it's a classic linear TV kind of ad. But since it's running through Amazon, you can actually measure that and say, okay, they saw the streaming TV ad on Thursday Night Football, then they came back to Amazon, and then they purchased and so that's an interesting path that I think a lot of brands would love insight into uh, because typical linear media, right? You're doing big MMMs where you say, well, there should be about, you know, 1. million people viewing this. It's at the break just before halftime. So viewership should be high, but you're making a lot of assumptions about how many people you're hitting. Whereas if it's all run through Amazon, at least for AMC, you can kind of get a feel for how many folks actually came back and searched online. Say that the consumer sees the ad and then goes to Amazon. And now with AMC, they know that that was a touch point that probably made an impact on this purchase. As a brand, what do you do with that? Does that give you proof that ad was worth it? Do you start investing more in ads like that? How do you kind of take the insights that you're getting and turn them into real actions that you're making? Ultimately, it's the right question, right? It's 
first step is just info, right? First step is like fact finding. So the measurement in itself is valuable because it's not something that's easily been measured before, at least as it relates to bigger ad budgets. So the, the measurement itself is partially the value. The second step really then is, okay, now that I did measure it, what do I do with it? And really, it just depends on the goals of every client or, or every campaign. For the most part, when you're running big or large-scale TV or even display campaigns, your goal isn't necessarily instant sales, right? It's oftentimes like brand awareness or you want to be, instead of like, instead of share of wallet, you want to kind of have like share of mind, right? So you want to be top of mind for consumers and try and get in front of them before they make a purchase decision. So thinking about like Black Friday, Cyber Monday coming up, brands are obviously knowing that folks are going to wait and see what goes on sale. So this is a good opportunity to say, okay, if I can get in front of them, make sure they know I exist and to look for me on a sale day, then that way I can actually drive sales on day of instead of just relying on kind of the last point, which would be search. I was thinking while you were talking, there's an ad for, I think it was like an ad in a YouTube video for all of my Everyone who tracks me knows that I love like fine jewelry. And so like I saw an ad for this company I'd never heard of in the YouTube video. But you speaking about that, I was like, oh, I will just wait until it's like they're on my mind. I now know that they exist, but I'm going to wait for a big deal event to see what all they have going on. And it's cool to think about like, oh, we can now like really know that that's what it was. And that was a touch point that I saw. And it gave me that awareness to eventually go make a purchase. Right. And that's exactly what brands want to do, right? Is they want to know how can I reach this person before they're even in shopping mode? And I, I think a lot of what they're trying to do with Amazon, at least with AMC specifically, is well, yeah, you can understand what's going on with Amazon at large, but also these are going to apply outside of Amazon pretty quickly, right? If you're running a, a Thursday night football ad, again, a, a classic linear TV ad that now has a digital element to it. And oh, by the way, you have to be an Amazon Prime user to have it. So that means you have a Prime account and thus a Prime email address so they can link all of this pretty easily. That tracking or ability to link based on your Prime account is so valuable because you can make some assumptions of, well, how do people think about display ads? How long does it take them after seeing a display ad to go get ready to shop? And so then by category or by brand, even you can make some assumptions to say, well, maybe the first week before Thanksgiving is the most important. So then I'm going to go pile on all my national media, whether it's run through Amazon or not that week before, or do I need to start a month before, right? Do I really need to get ahead of it? Especially if something, you know, Amazon is running a October prime early access event, right? That kind of jumps ahead of that. So maybe you actually need to get in front of people before any kind of event like that. But it gives you some timing uh, that then you can you can then apply elsewhere. Let's recap here. So this new data solution from Amazon allows brands to understand different points of the consumer journey in relation to the ads they see in a way that they couldn't before, where they had to really just make assumptions and work with the more linear attribution models. And they can now more clearly see what ads had more impact, which allows them to pivot their strategies to be more efficient. Great. Before we get into the actual logistics of using AMC to pull out those insights that you as a brand can turn into actions, I asked Andrew to explain AMC to me like he would his grandma, an effective tactic we have here on this series. It's interesting because my grandmother, I don't think, has ever touched a computer. Um, <laughs> so in that lens, even if we take out taking out e-commerce as a whole, actually might be an interesting way to do it. So 
if you think of any platform that has ads, like a newspaper, right? So when you see the little ad in the newspaper in the corner that says, hey, you know, go shop at Macy's, uh, there's 20% off. There's always 20% off, but you run the ad anyway. There's the ad on that you see on your newspaper for Macy's. When you go back to the store, when you actually go to Macy's, Macy's wants to know, did my ad actually get you to come to the store or not? And if yes, then great. That means that investment that they spent on the newspaper worked well and they should potentially keep running it or at least change it or not, maybe not just pull it, maybe not pause it. So for an advertiser advertising anywhere, they mainly just want to know is what they're doing actually uh, having an intended consequence of that action, right? So you saw the newspaper ad, you went to Macy's, you purchased a new shirt. Macy's will say that ad was worth it. I got a sale out of it, especially if that ad wasn't that expensive, right? And so you have to qualify all of these different actions that you're doing to a certain degree, but really it's just being able to track someone as they move through different inventory or different places that you don't own. And other businesses have done this in the past with credit cards, right? That's typically been the old way to think about it is if you bought that newspaper with a credit card at the gas station, well, then did you use that same credit card at Macy's a week later? If yes, great, we can link the two and then the advertiser can make some assumptions as to what went on. Next, I wanted to show the journey of how a brand selling a specific product might utilize AMC to discover something, but we may have gone on more of a journey about raised gardening bed strategies. I've been working on the gardens out back, so I'm gonna use some garden stuff, I guess. Perfect. So, okay, raised garden beds, something I got recently, mainly because I have groundhogs in the back and they keep eating all my spinach. Um, anyway, so thinking about the purchase behavior that I, that I went through in order to get a raised garden bed, right? So things I would look at are you know, is it made out of metals, made out of plastic, made out of wood? So that's classic consumer consideration stuff. Uh, and so as an advertiser, you're wanting to get in front of a consumer as they're thinking about that purchase to say, hey, look, I have coated metal here. And so it won't rust over time. Um, and that's why we're more expensive or, you know, hey, we're super cheap, but it won't last you too long, but that's okay. It'll at least get you through three seasons or something like that. It depends on the message track that the brand really wants to push. And especially if it's something really long-term, right? For a garden bed, I hope to not have to replace it in three years. I hope it'll last me longer than that. But for, you know, if I'm thinking about that, right? I get hit with this way out. I'm looking at different gardening online. So that's where for gardening online. So one of the things I'm doing, I'm not everything online. I'm just using that in garden and everything online. So for garden, yeah, I really like all the options. Something like plastic paper towels or any of those fine experience with the one that I've purchased in the past, so repurchase. I haven't purchased a raised garden bed before, so there's nothing to go back to to think about, you know, well, what did I like in my last purchase or something like that? I got lost a little bit. <laughs> Where are we? I'm over here. Let's get back to understanding how to use AMC as a brand that sells raised garden beds. So as a brand, if I'm thinking about how do I get in front of someone Essentially, AMC is a way to figure out what am I already doing and how often am I, are my ads reaching this person? And are we reaching them too often is something that I think we're actually seeing a little more frequently than we thought, that sometimes display ads tap people on their shoulder too much. And so that can be detrimental, but that's not something that typically you have too much exposure to, at least on a granular level, right? You can set frequency caps all that kind of stuff. But I don't think folks understand just how often people are being exposed to ads either on or off Amazon. And so then figuring out all of those different touch points, you can say, 
well, what's the right what's the right mix or what's the path that has the biggest scale, right? How many users follow the same path? And so then can I go tweak it? I think what we'll find on AMC and what we've been finding actually even with search outside of AMC is that, that everything's super top heavy and then the tail goes on forever, right? So there's a tons of different paths that people can take. It's finding the most traveled paths that are the most important. And then you can optimize or change your media strategy to say, hey, you know, 80% of shoppers are following this path. So then let's figure out how we can either increase ad frequency on that path or potentially decrease it per user. Okay, let's talk logistics. Logistically, say I work for a brand and I want to access AMC. Could I, you know me as a regular person, get into AMC? Not a regular, I have a couple more access points than a regular person, but my knowledge, could I get into AMC? Yeah, really, there's only one requirement at the moment. And the, the only real requirement is that you're spending on Amazon DSP and you're spending on sponsored ads. So essentially, you're spending on search, you're, spend, you're spending on display. Down the road, Amazon has been toying with the idea of opening it up to just sponsored ad users, but I don't know any timeline on that. Essentially, the focus really is if you're running display and you're running search, you can have access. And we've talked about the data in there that comes from ads that you're running through Amazon. Can you input other data in there for like ads that you have going on that don't tie back to Amazon? Yeah, that's honestly one of the one of the best parts about AMC is their their data upload. You can upload anything you want into the instance and then use that to compare against the first party data that Amazon has. What that also means too is I think a lot of brands get skeptical or get scared that if I'm uploading data into AMC that Amazon would see it. And you know, that might not go well with some of their other retail partners. But the good news is essentially Amazon cannot see any of that data upload at all. So for most brands, you know, say you want to upload sales data from a different retailer and say, you know, we, we or even spend data from another retailer. If you're running ads there, say, OK, well, I spent, you know, X amount of dollars on this retailer at this week and I spent Y amount of dollars on Amazon at this week. You know, how many impressions, how many clicks did I get, how many sales did I get on both channels and what's a good mix of my ad strategy? regardless of channel. That can be really effective. The challenge, of course, is still understanding that, you know, you got to be really cautious, especially with anything PII, right? So if you're thinking about a CRM database and you want to upload uh, the emails that you have from your D2C shoppers, you certainly can, but Amazon actually requires you to hash it or encrypt it before you even upload it. So they're kind of twofold of saying, well, we can't access your data upload, but since it's going to be on the server and Amazon server, you have to encrypt it before you even give it to us just for safety. It's a ton of SQL or SQL. So for the most part, in order to get anything output from AMC, it's a SQL code. I know enough SQL to be dangerous, but not enough to start from scratch. So really having to work, you know, I think that's the biggest lift at the moment for any brand considering AMC is, well, you have to know SQL and you have to be able to figure out what tables are in AMC that you can access with that code. The challenge there then becomes, there's a lot of privacy constraints that Amazon has. And so in order to get data or get you know an export out of AMC, it has to pass privacy thresholds. And now we can begin to close this one up. But before we do that, 
Have you listened to our other brand new podcast from Essential Digital Commerce, where we cover the top e-commerce headlines and what they mean for your business in seven minutes or less? If not, what are you waiting for? Come on, go subscribe to This Week Above the Fold. Thank you. On to Andrew's takeaways when it comes to AMC. Ultimately, I think for AMC, brands just need to get it going. There's mainly a, a limitation of it's a static point. So before the AMC instance is created, Amazon, of course, has all these silos of, of information, but it doesn't actually put them into the merge space until the instance gets created. So if you're a big brand and you're going to run a new year, new you campaign in January, set up your AMC instance now so that it can start capturing and putting all that data into that aggregated spot. Otherwise, you won't be able to measure it. If you're spending on DSP, if you're spending on search, get it built and then let it start logging or at least capturing the data into one aggregated source. Uh, and then the look back there is only at the moment about 12 months. So Amazon's thinking about ex expanding that or potentially offering longer windows or over a year, potentially for a fee as part of that premium subscription there. But since it is a year look back, none of it starts until it's created. So getting it created is the first step. And then secondarily, if you're a brand and you you have SQL knowledge, then sure, you know, brands can use their own data science teams to look at this stuff. There's no limit on the number of instances that can be made for a particular brand, but mainly it, it's dependent on where essentially an AWS account. So in order for a brand to set up an AMC instance, they have to have an AWS account, typically with an, with an S3 bucket from Amazon. And that S3 bucket is where Amazon will do the aggregation of all of these different inputs. So for some brands that can be challenging, be able to manage an AWS if they're not already, and also to hire SQL folks. So really it's just working with Amazon or working with your agency partner or whomever to say, do you have access to, to being able to run an AMC instance? And if so, can we get it built? Perfect. I was doing so good without my dogs barking, but if you just watched her emerge from the bed and I saw a dog walk by and I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the basement because I have, I have two cats and a dog and they're all upstairs. So yeah, I was telling Enos before we got on, like, if I don't have her in here, she'll just scratch at the door the whole time. So like, it's a lose lose situation. Totally understand that. I, I taught my dog how to use bells to get outside <laughs> if he needs. And now he just hits the bells when he's hungry. I could see my dog. It would be jingle bells all day long in our house all year round. Last thing I have for you is we're coming back to the digital wish list, something that you just won't purchase and why. Oh yeah. So I've had this, I can visualize it perfectly. It's on top of my Amazon wish list, and it's been there probably for about eight years. <laughs> and it's a so nerdy, I'm sorry. It's a miniature Tesla coil. So essentially it would make a little arc. You build it yourself. It makes this little electricity arc and you can kind of see the blue line of electricity. It's kind of fun. But the reason I'll never buy it is I'm mainly worried that if I build it the wrong way, blow a circuit or something and short something out somewhere else. So it seems really fun. I'm super curious about it. Just don't have an opportunity to not blow up my house with it. <laughs> that was great. That was a fantastic. <laughs> 
in conclusion, I don't want to blow up my house. <laughs> and that wraps up another episode of Mastering Meatail. I hope we've been able to demystify AMC for you. And while you heard that knowing SQL is a bit of a prerequisite here in terms of getting the good stuff out of AMC, you should have a better understanding of the magnitude of this offering and why understanding those different media touch points on the consumer journey can really open up a lot of information that once had to be assumptions for your brand. Please continue to tune into our new episodes covering the most important topics in digital commerce and listen to our other episodes if you've been slacking on those. And remember, this week Above the Fold is out there too, and it's weekly. It will provide you with a quick analysis of all of the news you need to know in e-commerce. My name is Emma Irwin, Senior Editor and Specialist at Essential, and this episode was produced by Klaus Cancel with sound design by Enos Tetchy.